The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by U.S. Bank, the power of possible. Learn more at usbank.com newsroom. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, October 22nd. In today's news, Bob Mueller zeroes in on Roger Stone. The evolving Saudi story about the death of Jamal Khashoggi still doesn't add up. And the Trump administration is moving to end federal recognition of transgender Americans. But first, the big idea. The Midwest is poised to be the epicenter of Democratic gains in the midterms, just as it was for Republicans during the 2010 Tea Party wave. One underappreciated reason why is that Democrats nominated more temperamentally and ideologically moderate candidates in this region than across the Sun Belt, which might have been ground zero for the party out of power. With the left already activated by animus toward President Trump, generic Midwest moderates are polling well two weeks out from the elections. The Democratic nominees for governor in Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, and Kansas each defeated more liberal alternatives in competitive primaries by emphasizing their electability. To varying degrees, all are intentionally bland and tacking toward the middle in the fall. In this environment, they believe a lack of charisma might actually be an asset. In contrast, Democratic voters selected the more liberal and fiery candidates for governor and gubernatorial primaries from Arizona and Texas to Florida and Georgia, That quickly took the first two contests off the map. Now, progressives hope that Tallahassee Mayor Andrew Gillum and former Georgia House Minority Leader Stacey Abrams, both young African-Americans, will be able to motivate minority and millennial voters who don't traditionally participate in non-presidential elections. But veteran strategists from both parties believe that a more moderate nominee like former Congresswoman Gwen Graham would probably be farther ahead in the Florida polls than Gillum if she had won the August primary. GOP strategist Phil Cox, who formerly ran the Republican Governors Association, is calling this a Hippocratic oath election for Democrats. Do no harm and hope to ride a wave. If you're a generic Democrat, you're trying to play mistake-free ball and let a favorable environment do the heavy lifting for you. With the 2020 presidential contest poised to begin in earnest immediately following the fall elections, Michigan could offer a roadmap for Democrats looking to limit their time in the wilderness. Democratic nominee Gretchen Whitmer is heavily favored to win the governorship. She beat two much more liberal candidates in the primary by emphasizing pocketbook issues, and she refused to embrace Medicare for all when her challengers knocked her for it. Instead, her mantra has been, quote, fix the damn roads. It's part of her stump speech, it's in her campaign commercials, and it's on bumper stickers. It's designed to encapsulate a problem-solver ethos. Now she's getting endorsements from the business community and some moderate Republicans because of her approach. Her opponent is Michigan Attorney General Bill Schuette, a former congressman who's linked himself closely with Trump. Whitmer is the former state Senate minority leader. She said in an interview in Ann Arbor, Michigan last week that her focus on what she calls the dinner table issues grew out of visiting all 83 counties in the state. She said she's talking about what voters told her they wanted to hear her talk about. And she said Democrats who may not agree with her on all the issues are so hungry to win after Trump carried Michigan two years ago that they rallied behind her quickly after the primary. One of those Democrats is Bernie Sanders. He endorsed her primary challenger, Abdul El Saeed. 
Bernie, of course, upset Hillary Clinton in Michigan's 2016 Democratic primary. But he called right after Whitmer won to say he'd do whatever she wanted to support her. So last Friday night, he was in Ann Arbor on the campus of the University of Michigan encouraging college students to vote for her. He told a crowd of 1,100, quote, no more complaining, no more despair. Now is the time to stand up, fight back, and vote. Shooty, the Republican, said Whitmer is a far-left wolf in a pragmatic sheep's clothing. He said she'll repeal the right-to-work law that Republicans passed and raise taxes. He acknowledges that he's down a couple points, but he thinks the race is tightening in the home stretch, and he thinks that bringing Bernie in shows her true colors. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, special counsel Bob Mueller's team has spent recent weeks poring over conflicting comments made by longtime Trump confidant Roger Stone. They're trying to determine whether Stone had advanced knowledge of WikiLeaks plans to release a trove of hacked DNC emails in 2016. Stone boasted repeatedly at the time that he was in touch with WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, but he since claimed that those comments were exaggerated or misunderstood. However, prosecutors say that the private and public comments Stone made in 2016 suggest that he did have a way to reach Assange. Mueller's team is focusing in on Stone's relationship with conservative conspiracy theorist and writer Jerome Corsi. They're examining whether he served as a conduit between Stone and Assange. Investigators have also scrutinized Stone's communications with Trump campaign officials about WikiLeaks. One apparent line of inquiry, whether Stone lied to Congress under oath about his alleged contacts with WikiLeaks during the presidential race. Number two. Saudi Arabia's foreign minister denied on Sunday that Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman ordered the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. But his comments did little to tamp down the international outrage and calls for repercussions following the Saudi acknowledgement of his death. The Saudis still have not answered basic questions about where Khashoggi's remains are, and they've offered inconsistent narratives of how he was killed, undermining the government's bizarre assertion that Khashoggi died in a fistfight with agents who wanted to bring him back to Riyadh as part of a rendition gone wrong. That explanation will face a fresh challenge on Tuesday, when Turkish President Erdogan is expected to reveal details of his own government's investigation into the killing of Khashoggi. Erdogan said he will explain the episode, quote, in a very different way. On the Sunday shows here in Washington, both senior Republicans and Democrats proposed a range of severe punishments, including sanctions on the longtime U.S. ally, the expulsion of the Saudi ambassador to the U.S., and the reduction of arms sales. Even some of Trump's closest allies on the Hill warned that a failure to stand up to Riyadh will project American weakness on the global stage. Foreign policy experts say Trump's inaction so far is an abdication of America's historic role as a global beacon of morality and human rights. Instead, Trump is pursuing a foreign policy shaped by commercial self-interest. And experts agree that authoritarians around the world from Kim Jong-un to Vladimir Putin, are watching. Number three, the Trump administration is considering redefining gender by one's genitalia at birth, a move that would roll back federal recognition of the estimated 1.4 million transgender Americans. The New York Times reports that the Department of Health and Human Services is attempting to establish a legal definition of sex under Title IX, that's the law that bans gender discrimination in education programs that receive government financial assistance. A draft of the agency's proposal defines sex as either male or female. It says that gender is unchangeable and binary. 
Disputes about one's sex would be resolved using genetic testing. Back when Trump was running for president in 2016, he routinely said he would respect transgender rights. He also said he didn't care what bathroom people wanted to use. Take that as your daily reminder to watch what they do, not what they say. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, October 22nd. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.